How are you all doing? Good, good. Everyone enjoy the Easter bank holiday? Fantastic. I love Easter. And how many of you have still got Easter eggs left? Wow, there's still a few hands. You're very disciplined. Well done. How many of you ate all your Easter eggs in one day? You skipped breakfast, you skipped lunch, you skipped tea, and you just feasted on chocolate all day? No one's going to admit to that. I thought the teenagers might. There were a few at the earlier service. You know, my daughter, Cara Grace, she would have done that if we'd have let her. She woke up Easter Sunday, and we started with an Easter egg hunt. We hid the eggs all uh, around the house. And because she did so well in finding them, I did let her have some chocolate before breakfast. Don't judge me. (laughs) And as she was getting stuck into the chocolate... I, I explained to her what Easter, that, that Easter wasn't really about the chocolate. Probably not the best time as she was shoving it in her, mouth, in her mouth. But I did try to pull it back and tell her that Easter was all about Jesus. And she listened. And she did ask a question uh, after I'd told her. She said this, Dad, does Jesus like chocolate? <laughs> and I thought I'd explain myself, you know, really well. And then when it came to Sunday lunch, she claimed that she was too full to eat it. Nothing might I had to do with the chocolate before breakfast. But when she was offered chocolate instead of a lunch, she was miraculously okay. Just to say I didn't give her chocolate, stop judging me. She was made to eat a breakfast, a uh, lunch. But how many of you parents know out there too? You know, whatever, whatever meal's put in front of them, you know, and they say they're too full to eat it. When it comes to sweets, they always have room. It's amazing, isn't it? Miracles do happen. My last question this morning is, how many of you, for whatever reason, apart from not liking chocolate, didn't get an Easter egg? Oh, let's give them a big R. That's it, moving on. No, no. This is from me to you this morning. And the first hand I saw was a lady's hand, and it's good that it's a rose's chocolate there. First hand I saw, Pam, this is for you, from me to you. I'm on a diet, I don't really need it. And I'm 41 years old now, I know that's hard to believe. And my nan, who has 16 grandchildren, including great-grandchildren, she still buys me an Easter egg every year. Bless her. I don't know how she affords it. (laughs) I love Easter. Not just because of the chocolate, though, because of the two bank holidays we get as well. That long weekend, it's it's amazing, isn't it? But you know, the real reason I love Easter is obviously because of Jesus. But then there'd be, still be no chocolate or holidays if it wasn't for Jesus. So some of you might just want to thank him again for that. Seriously, though, Jesus is Easter. It's all about him and what he did 2,000 years ago in a place over 2,000 miles away. No other person has shaped history or our culture like Jesus. Many movements with different leaders have come and gone. None have stood the test of time like Jesus. It's estimated that 2.4 billion people now claim to follow Jesus worldwide today. That's incredible, isn't it? That's a third of the entire population. 
And that's just the living. There have been billions that have gone before him that are now living with him in glory. Guys, Jesus is the reason. And we've been looking at that, haven't we, through this teaching series and over the Easter period. It started on Palm Sunday where we looked at the idea that Jesus is not what we expected. Then Good Friday, we looked at Jesus is more than we imagined. And it was a powerful presentation of the Easter um, story. Then last Sunday, Easter Sunday, we looked at Jesus is greater than we believed. Again, an incredible morning. And if you can't get passionate about Easter Sunday as a Christian, then there's something wrong. But again, it's not about the hype. It's about the incredible hope that we have in Jesus. Jesus is alive. You were more vocal last week. See, if you missed any of the talks as well, they're available on our website. Or you can watch them on our YouTube channel, Zion Hail Zoe. And today, the Sunday after, we're looking at the idea that Jesus is closer than we think. And if I'm honest, it can be a a tough, good gig preaching after Easter Sunday. And it's usually the most gifted speakers that speak. But today you've got me, so you can't have everything. You know, the first Sunday after Easter, it has several names, but it's often known as Low Sunday, and the clue's right there in the title. You see, from the high of Easter Sunday, the excitement and the celebration of it, the following Sunday, it's not quite the same. Also, the numbers uh, are often lower in church this Sunday than they were on Easter Sunday, and possibly you can understand why. But actually, this really surprises me, and it really bothers me. You see, many make it to church Easter Sunday and they hear a life-changing message, a message that changes everything. But then by the following Sunday, it's somehow been forgotten and actually it's changed nothing. So if you've made it back this morning, I want to say a huge well done to you and I want to encourage you to keep coming back. At this church, we love to journey with people. And that's because every person is unique and every journey is different. And our heart is to help every person on that journey take the next step. We want to journey with you. We want to help you find the answers that you're looking for. Because eventually, everyone will have to finish the sentence, Jesus is. We all will have to fill in the blank. There's no escaping that. And many of you here have have done that, and that's fantastic. And you've finished the sentence on the wall charts we've provided. And I've been really encouraged, and actually, if I'm honest, quite puzzled by some of them as I've read them. But that's all good, because we're on a journey. And there'll be a final opportunity to, to finish the sentence for those that want to at the end of this talk, but to help you, to give you something to think about writing, This is what the Bible says about who Jesus is. Jesus is above all things. Jesus is before all things. Jesus is the name above all names. Jesus is the ruler of the universe. All authority is given to him. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You can get allowed, you are allowed to get excited. There's there's more. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is the beginning and the end. Jesus is with us always. Jesus is the light of 
the world. Jesus is the only way to God. Guys, there's still more. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is our joy, is our peace, is our strength, is our hope, is our victory. Jesus is God. Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's so important to be reminded of the truth of who Jesus is. And that's just a, a little bit of what the Bible has to say about him. For some of you here, that could be the first time you've heard any of that. And you may be left wondering, what does that mean for me? Well, it could mean absolutely nothing for you. Or it could change everything for you. That choice is yours. But if it could be true, then surely Jesus is worth checking out for yourself. And at this church, we have an opportunity for you to do just that, to check Jesus out in greater detail. Here we run something called Alpha Alpha, frequently on on a Monday evening and a Friday morning where you can come with a friend or friends and ask the questions that you may have. It lasts an hour and a half and we start with a meal which is free and that takes the majority of that time. And then there's a short talk, and then an opportunity to ask the questions you may have. It's fun and relational. And I run it with a great team, and I've actually made some um, excellent friends through it. It's totally free. It's totally free. If nothing more, it's 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 a cheap night out. All it will cost you is 90 minutes of your time for eight Monday evenings or eight Friday mornings. And if you do it and at the end decide that it's not for you, then at least you've been honest and you've checked Jesus out for yourself. You'll have had some free food. You'll have had the opportunity to get, it, to get out. But if it, if, if it is for you, then it changes everything. You know, the next one starts Monday the 27th of April at 7.30 p.m. And the daytime one, Friday the 1st of May at 10 a.m. So if you're exploring the Christian faith here, if you're new to this, if this is new to you, if you're a new Christian, if you've been coming for a couple of weeks or two, then I really want to encourage you to sign up today. You can do that in the welcome area. You'll have an opportunity to do that later. And then for everyone else, you may have seen the invitation cards that we've produced. They're quality. And these are for you to give out. (laughs) They're not for you. They're for your friends. They're for your family. They're for your neighbors. They're for your work colleagues. Invite them and come with them. Invite them to come and see what this is all about. You know, if you remember the story of the woman at the well in John 4 that I looked at a couple of weeks ago, she helped change a whole village because she simply invited them to come and see. And guys, that's all I'm asking you to do, to pick up an invitation, to pass it on, to invite them to come and see what Jesus is about. You can do that as you leave this morning. And back to this morning, I want you to know that you can be equally as excited today as you were last Sunday. That's because Jesus is closer than we think. Now, if you have a Bible, then turn with me to the book of Acts, which is in the the New Testament. It's after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's called the book of Acts because it is just that. It records the Acts of the early apostles and how the church was birthed. It's written by Luke, who is also the writer of one of the Gospels. Luke was a physician, uh, uh, a doctor, and he's clinical. He's meticulous in his writing, as you'd expect from any GP. 
No comment from me there. In fact, in this church, we have our own very Dr. Luke, who's, who's in the worship team. I don't know why I said that. Moving on. Fill in the gap. Everyone should have found Acts in the Bible yet. Yeah, if you haven't, the words will come up on screen. It says this, uh, Acts 1.11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And I want to pause just there for a minute because here, Dr. Luke is writing to a guy called Theophilus. And you may have heard of that name. He's the person Luke wrote his gospel, the gospel of Luke 4. And he's writing to him again, reminding him, reiterating the point of who Jesus is and what Jesus had done. But then also to let Theophilus know that there's more to this incredible story. That the story's not over. And that the story's never over until God has the final word. And it's here at the start that I want to encourage some of you here this morning, especially if you're in a tough situation right now, if you're going through a difficult season, I want you to know that whatever you're going through, you can come through. Your story's not over yet. It's God who has the final word. You need to know this morning that Jesus is still writing your story. Jesus is closer than you think. Then getting back to the passage, Leon has done what Luke is doing for Theophilus. He's done the very same thing, hasn't he? He's reminding us, he's reiterated the point through this teaching series as we've looked at Jesus' life, his death and his resurrection and the evidence there is to support all three. So continuing on in verse 3. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. We have a baptism service next week, and it's not too late to sign up. That's not in the Bible, by the way. I thought I'd just drop it in. You can be baptized next week. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. And I want to park it up again here and pause just for a minute or two, because I think these two verses are important. You know, they're, they're not the brightest bunch, the disciples, are they? They're, they make mistakes, and they're still making mistakes. They're asking wrong questions even here. But then how Jesus answers this question is important. For me, what he's really saying here is don't get distracted with all that stuff. You know, it will happen, but don't be worried. Don't be bothered when it will happen. That's not your concern. You have something far greater to focus on. And unfortunately, guys, this is uh, true for far too many in the church today. They've been distracted with end time stuff and all other sorts of stuff. And as a result, they have forgot the mission, the mandate that Jesus gives which is this in verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Verse 9, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking up, uh, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. 
Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. There's one more verse I want us to look at this morning which ties all this together. And it's John 16 and verse 7. It says this, and this is Jesus speaking. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So the the disciples, they've experienced the high of Easter Sunday, although it wasn't called that then. They witnessed the, the risen Jesus. He's appeared to them over a period of 40 days. He's spent time with them. He's reassured them. He's encouraged them. He's cooked for them and he's ate with them. But it's here that Jesus is saying his final goodbye. And I think for the disciples, you know, this must have been like their low Sunday. You see, the excitement and the celebration has now gone. And they must be feeling a little deflated as Jesus disappears into the clouds. They're standing around, waiting, watching, not wanting to move on. They're looking up intently, the Bible tells us. And then it's then that two men appear. Two angels suddenly rock up. And they ask, why do you stand here and look up? How many of you know that? Sometimes when you ask a question, you're really saying something so much more. (laughs) Let me explain. Men do this all the time, but women are the best at this. Guys, we all know that. When we're at home and they ask a question to us, are you going to leave that there? We really know what they're saying, don't we? Through the stare, we know what they're communicating. And that is this, I've just tidied up. I've spent hours cleaning this house from top to bottom. You better move that now. (laughs) Guys, it's true, isn't it? Back me up here. And I think these two angels right here are communicating so much more too, which is relevant for us to do. You see, they ask the question, why are you looking up? And what I think they're saying is, stop looking here because Jesus isn't here. It's time to move on. And how many of you know that Jesus is always looking to move us on? You know, we may get stuck in life sometimes, but Jesus always helps us to move on. If you need help this morning to move on, Jesus is closer than you think. And then as Christians, we can also get caught up looking up and waiting. When actually, we should be looking within and responding. Because Jesus is here He's with us. Jesus is closer than we think. See, Jesus himself said in John 16 and verse 7 that it was better for us that he went so that he could send the advocate, the Holy Spirit, to us. Jesus couldn't be everywhere physically when he lived on earth. But by his death, his resurrection, and his ascension, he could send his spirit who is always with us. Jesus not only died to give his life for you, he died to give his life to you. Jesus is alive and he becomes alive in us. Someone say amen. This is good news and it's why we can be equally as excited, if not more so than last Sunday. Jesus did defeat the grave. He is alive and he gives life to us so that we can, so that through us, the story, his story would continue. And guys, it is. You know, hope is here, change is here, transformation is here because Jesus is here. Jesus is closer than we think. 
His life, his spirit, the Holy Spirit is available to each and every one of us. And with his spirit comes power. Power to continue the work that Jesus started. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he's also known as the advocate, which is in the verse we looked at. Also in the Bible, he has other names, the, the comforter, the counselor, and there are a few others. An advocate, though, is someone who speaks in a person's defense. And the Holy Spirit constantly does that for us. The Holy Spirit stands by you when you need comfort and stands up for you when you need an advocate. That's amazing, isn't it? There is also freedom in the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this, For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Holy Spirit gives us new life. We're set free from the mistakes, the the failings, the, the torment, the trauma of our past. So if you need freedom this morning, then it's available to you. Jesus is closer than you think. It's available through his spirit. And it's because of his spirit that we are hidden in Christ, that we are perfected through Christ, and that we have the victory in Christ. You see, there is nothing now that has power over you anymore because you have God's power. (laughs) Power is what birthed the early church, and it's power that keeps it advancing. And if you need power this morning, (laughs) you may feel tired, you may feel weary, you may be ready to give up, but for you, there is power available. Power to come through. Power to keep advancing. You know, it was Winston Churchill that said, if you're going through hell, then keep going. But it was Jesus that said, the gates of hell will not stop what I'm doing. Guys, you have power. And I may not be preaching here to you Sunday. You see, everybody's sanctified on a Sunday. It's their day off. I'm preaching to your Monday, to your Tuesday, to your Wednesday, when you might just be hanging in there and trying to survive to the weekend. I want you to know that his strength, that his power is available to you because his spirit is with you. And when you know that, and when you've received that, you really can come through. Keep going. And I'm not saying this is always easy. I've learned, but what I've learned from my own life is that in my lowest place, Jesus transfers me to the highest place. That it's in my weakness, his power is made perfect and I'm made strong. I've learned and I'm still learning that his grace is sufficient for me. That Christ's power rests on me. And that's straight from the Bible. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. And then it goes on to say, and this is the Apostle Paul that is speaking, that is talking. He says this in verse 10, that it's for Christ's sake that he delights, that's him speaking, that he delights in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when he is weak, then he's really strong. I want to say I'm a long way from that, folks, just so you know. Because life is tough sometimes and it's really hard. But it's in those tough times that we have to remain strong. We have to know that the message we have doesn't change. And that we do have the power to come through. Because Jesus is closer than we think. You know, the last um, two weeks, they've been tough for me. And for some of you here, you know, you may be facing tougher situations than I. You know, being honest in those tough situations is really important because what we go through is very real. But in them, Jesus is closer than we think. 
So Jesus meets us in our pain. He understands our pain because he went through the most incredible of pain. And it can be sometimes that we don't hand things over to him because we don't feel him. But I want to encourage you to to do that this morning, to hand things over to Jesus because Jesus is closer than we think. And again, that's something I've realized in these last two weeks. It started with Cara, my daughter, being ill, having scarlet fever, and then myself being ill. And then to top that off, my dad um, being diagnosed with cancer. You know, and I don't really do the doctors, but I was that bad last week that I had to go and get antibiotics. I needed medication. And at the same time, they, um, they gave me a health check because I hadn't gone for so long. And I'm feeling a, a little bit lower, a little bit for, sorry for myself and, and extremely ill. And the nurse that did the checkup, she then informs me, she goes, you are way too overweight for your height. And you could be prone to diabetes. And I'm like, thanks for that. Kick a man while he's down. Now you know why I gave the Easter egg away. But then, but then it was just the day after that I had the news about my dad. And life's tough sometimes and sometimes makes little sense. But you know what? I'm thankful for the people that have stood with me and talked sense into my situation. People who have helped me see Jesus. Pray to me to Jesus, prayed with me to Jesus and helped me know the peace of Jesus. They've reminded me that Jesus is closer than I think. And if you need peace in whatever it is you're facing this morning, then peace is available to you. His peace that surpasses all understanding can be yours because Jesus is closer than we think. In fact, let's take this to a whole nother level. I want you to know that everything you will ever need or ever face can be met in Jesus. Jesus is closer than we think. You know, no matter the situation, no matter what your situation looks like, no matter what the circumstances telling you, no matter how tough it may feel, no matter what the doctor's report says, Jesus is in control. He's done it all. He's paid for it all, and he's in control of it all. Guys, Jesus is closer than we can ever think. And I haven't got a four-point sermon today, just the one main point. And if you haven't got it yet, I'll tell it you again. Jesus is closer than we think. You know, in our disappointment, Jesus is closer than we think. In our pain, Jesus is closer than we think. In our trouble, Jesus is closer than we think. In our job situation, in our relationship situation, in our marriage situation, in our financial situation, in our addiction situation, in our health situation, you name your situation and then you tell yourself that Jesus is closer than you think. There's nothing that can hold you back because Jesus came back. You see, it's not only Jesus that got up from the grave. Because he sent his spirit down, we can too. Jesus didn't defeat the grave just for himself. Guys, he did it for you and for me. How amazing is that? You can come back from whatever's holding you back because Jesus is closer than you think. And then I want to finish strong because, um, because we have an amazing message And it's here that I want you to know that Jesus is closer than you think in your everyday. Jesus is closer than you think in your everyday. And that what means, and that, um, I'm tongue-tied, let me slow down. And what that means is 
He's available to you every day. See, the Holy Spirit is given for power and for purpose. He encourages us. He empowers us. He equips us. Because we have the Holy Spirit, we have the power to live the life that Christ died for us to live. That's incredible. We can fulfill the mandate he gave us because he is with us. Jesus is closer than we think. And we need him every day, don't we? The Bible tells us that we're to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. But guys, how often do we ask for that? You see, we have power that's available to us, but most of us don't put the plug in. You see, we may be Christ-filled on a Sunday, but we're totally empty by a Wednesday. The Holy Spirit is the greatest gift that Jesus gives us. And the Holy Spirit gives us gifts as he chooses. Gifts of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, prophecy, discernment, tongues, hospitality, my favorite miraculous powers. Signs and wonders are part of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to finish today by asking God to fill us again with his Holy Spirit. You know, at the end of this teaching series, Jesus is. I want you to know that Jesus is closer than we think. You know, his spirit is given to us for power and for purpose. And let's use this as a reminder as we ask today to ask every day because we need him every day. I want to invite the the band to come back because we're going to worship now. We're going to take time and we're going to wait on God and wait on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to ask God to fill us again. There may be new Christians here this morning who haven't yet received the fullness of the Spirit. You haven't got any of these gifts mentioned here because you haven't yet asked for them. I want to encourage you, if that's you this morning, then as we worship, come to the front. Come to the front and be prayed for. Our prayer team will pray with you and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. You will receive power. And others, you may want to do this too. You may want to ask God again to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can also ask him, you know, for gifts. You know, you may have some gifts, but you may not have every gift. Guys, this is your opportunity to be greedy. The Holy Spirit gives gifts as he chooses. Ask again for some of those gifts that I mentioned. This often comes by the laying on of hands. And I want to encourage you guys to to come out too and to be prayed for. To ask God again to fill you. And then maybe some of you here that that are stuck this morning. And you just need to know that God is closer than you think. You may need people to pray with you like I did, to know of Jesus' peace, then please come out and someone will pray and stand with you. You know, as we worship, I want you to, to, to respond to God. Don't miss this opportunity to receive from God. You know, there may be others here this morning that haven't given their life to Christ yet. But this morning, you know, you're ready and you're ready to receive what Jesus died to give you then guys, you too come forward. Come forward and be prayed for. You know, I hope at the end of this series, you're all much clearer now on how you would finish the sentence. You know, your opinion may have changed through it. If it has, then as we worship, the the, the wall charts are there. Please go finish the sentence. Make a statement of faith. 
and say what Jesus is to you. Guys, this is your opportunity to respond. You know, let's be guided by the Holy Spirit. Let's wait on the Holy Spirit. Let's not be bothered what everyone else is doing around you. This is your moment to receive from God. This is your moment to allow the Holy Spirit to come and fill you anew today. We all need that, don't we? The Bible says we're to be continually filled. That's an ongoing occurrence. And today, I need it. I'm going to be responding. So as we stand, as we worship, let's wait on the Holy Spirit. Let's ask God to fill us again. Let's worship because Jesus is worthy. Let's stand. Let's worship.